Good morning, starshine. Okay, that's probably enough to make you turn it off. Uh, but don't, 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 don't turn it off. It's the Harlan Highway. It's the podcast. It's me, Harlan Williams, your host. And I do apologize for that uh, good morning star sign, whatever it was. Uh, But what a show. What a show. We're going to be talking about the secret language of Starbucks. I'm sure some of you know it. I don't have a clue. Um, Wheatgrass. You ever have wheatgrass? Well, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Freedom. We're going to talk about American freedom as it pertains to popcorn. <laughs> I hope you get some uh, something good out of that conversation. Mullets. Hello. Anybody have a mullet? We're going to talk about that. Air fresheners. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the, uh, the phenomenon that is Tim Tebow. Uh, the NFL quarterback who's doing some incredible things, inspiring people and uh, making head-turning plays. Uh, we're going to de- you know, delve into uh, his approach to the game and so much more. Lots of laugh, lots of insight right here on the Harland Highway. Welcome to the Harland Highway. Relax. Get ready to have fun. Ow! What? we've got here is failure to communicate one cheeseburger with everything coming up you just made a wrong turn onto the harland highway look at me damien it's all for you this is harland williams i'm a human being god damn it and here we go first snap of the overtime the Broncos have been in three overtime games this year. They won them all. Downing at the 40. It's Thomas at the 50. Stiffer and Gallon three to the 30. To the 20. Thomas to the 10. Denver's going on the New England. They won it on the first play of overtime. Oh, yeah. There it is. Tim Tebow, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? How about, how about that? Wow. Wow. Tim Tebow, the guy's uh, generating a sensation. Uh, For those of you not familiar with Tim Tebow, he is the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. And let me bring you up to speed a little bit here. From what I know, uh, he was brought in to uh, quarterback midseason for the uh, Denver Broncos. He's a very religious guy. He uh, doesn't hide it. He uh, he actually displays a lot of prayer and communication with the Almighty up above, right down on the field. Uh, it irritates a lot of people, but a lot of people actually like it. Um, he came in uh, and started winning games. He started uh, winning games in an unorthodox manner. He was... Uh, he was winning games in the fourth quarter with seconds left, minutes left. He, I, you know, uh, I saw a game where he had eight seconds on the clock, and he, he uh, won the game at the last moment. Um, he's a guy that's big. He's over 200 pounds. He's big for a quarterback. He's athletic, obviously. 
He likes to run with the ball. A lot of the uh, first downs and touchdowns uh, that they get, he's he's uh, he's been able to uh, participate in that. And uh, I think what the the, the real uh, talking point here is that, you know, he's a guy that really, really uh, is not ashamed or unabashed about his faith. He uh, he wears it right out there for the world to see. And um, as I said, some people don't like it. They're like, keep it off the field. Oh, God, what a holy roller. That's the last thing we need, a Jesus Christ freak, blah, blah, blah. You know, people dumping all over them, and some people like it. But here's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be the the moderator in the middle here, okay? Whether you're an atheist, whether you're religious, whether you're not religious, I don't know. Um, If you don't believe in anything, I I think... um, I think you uh, you got to acknowledge that there's forces of bad in the world and there's forces of good in the world. Whether you want to attach a religious affiliation or association to those forces, it's up to you. Um, but even if you're an atheist, you, you can't uh, turn a blind eye to the fact that horrible things and bad people exist in the world. Doesn't mean it has anything to do with God, if that's what you think, but... They are there. War, murder, rape, theft, all all this stuff, okay? And let's take that and move move those energies into the game of football, into NFL football, where there is just a laundry list of guys getting involved in criminal activity, guys getting involved in shootings, in robberies, in sexual assaults, in rapes, in murders. I mean, look at OJ. Look at look at Michael Vick dogfighting. Look at Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, accused of rape. Uh, look at Plaxico Burris, the guy fooling around with a gun, apparently shot himself. You know, you, you don't need me to tell you the laundry list of bad things and kind of violent stigma that has followed the uh, NFL around. So taking uh, religion, which, yeah, I know you're going to give me the argument that oh, all the wars in the world have come from religion. Millions have died from religion. Yeah, but those are the bad people in religion. But the other side of religion is, you know, especially with, uh, you know, Christians and Catholics, it's about love. It's about it's about uh, tapping into the love of God and Jesus and doing good and believing in that power of faith and goodness and all that stuff. So there's a very good, holy, uh, healthy, wholesome side to religion too. And that's the side it's apparent that Tim Tebow is tapping into. He's tapping into the energy and the light and the power of his so-called God or Savior or Jesus or whoever. So, what I'm trying to say is, I think it's nice, I think it's refreshing, in fact, I think it's great that here's a guy in a rough-and-tumble sport that, you know, on the sidelines, after the game, 
is living under a cloud of violence and, and uh, you know, bad things going on. It's nice to see a guy out there, uh, you know, living and playing and uh, working under the guise of a positive energy, a love-based energy, a faith-filled energy, uh, an energy that, as I said earlier, leans towards positivity, leans towards goodness. You know what I mean? And, and I like that, man. That, that's, uh, that's inspiring. And even, even if you're an atheist living right now, if you try to argue that, I don't know. I think maybe you're just being stubborn. Because as I said, peel the religious label off it and just look at it as good, positive energy. There's never anything wrong with that. So if he gets it from 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 God or from Jesus, then and he can he can inject that into into the sport, into his life, into the field. The energy is good. If you're against the religion, I understand that. I'm not arguing that. But the energy, the positiveness, the the vibe of you know what I'm saying. And uh, the other side of it, okay, if you are religious, uh, we got through you know, dealing with the naysayers. Now, if you are religious, it's got to be a double bonus treat. I mean, this has got to be amazing because this is a guy that's, you know, channeling his faith in God to help him win games and come up with miracles. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, you watch the guy and and you kind of like get in there and you're like, yes, go, Go, you can do this. You're kind of rooting for him, and you're on you're on his side, and, and and the passion in the guy's face, and the fist pumping, and the gritting the teeth, and the yeah, the energy. You can't deny it, and it's great to watch. It's fun to watch. It's refreshing, and it's nice to see someone with an upbeat spiritual attitude out there. Um, I personally love it, and. Uh, you know, I love it that he's he's tapping into his beliefs, and uh, I, I'm not annoyed by it. Is it a little over the top? Maybe, but uh, you know, it it it's giving us something to watch. It's giving us something entertaining. It's giving us something different. You, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I almost feel like there is kind of like a, a some kind of force or guardian angel watching over this guy. And I know it's just sports. And oh, come on, Williams. Get off the mushrooms. <laughs> but it's kind of fun to believe in that and believe in him. And, uh, you know, I've always been a believer of the Almighty. Um, I don't inject it into my work the way Tim Tebow does, but in my private thoughts, in my private mind, uh, I've always had a connection to a, uh, a greater force. And uh, I like it. I like it that this guy's just, uh, you know, saying, hey, you guys uh, do what you want, but I'm going to do my thing. And uh, I I would just love, (laughs) I would love it. I would love it, you know, to see this guy take it all the way and win the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, the world is full of bad things and negative things and crooked people and crooked politicians and... And I don't know if there's a guy that can maybe remind us 
if you're so inclined, again, I'm not trying to convert anybody here, but if you're so inclined and there's days when you you don't have faith or there's days when you feel beat up or there's days when you wonder if there's anything out there, if there's a God, maybe, just maybe, I'm suggesting it, Tim Tebow reminds us that, you know, maybe it's it's okay to turn to some greater force in time of need. Maybe it's a good thing to get down on your knee and pray. It's free. It can't hurt. And if you take away all his prayer and all his stuff, all you got left really is a great athlete with a lot of heart, a lot of passion, and a guy who just comes out to play the game. So if there's no religion, if there's no God at play here, uh, and you peel all that away, then you just got a, a guy who loves the game, and he's fun to watch even on that level. So there you go. Uh, there's my Tim Tebow commentary. Good for you, buddy. Go get them. I'm going to say it right here. I don't know how popular it will be, but I want you to win the Super Bowl, dude. I I am a follower, and I'm a believer in, in uh, you uh, and your energy, and I love it. And uh, go get them. Go get them, Tebow. Go get them, Tebow. Oh, and uh, amen. I love Java sweet and high. Whoops, Mr. Moto, I'm a coffee pie. I went to Starbucks the other day. I go to Starbucks. I'm a hot chocolate drinker. I don't drink coffee. I've never had a coffee in my life. I'm not kidding. And I go to Starbucks, and the girl behind the counter and the guy standing beside me I don't know if they were speaking Chinese or Farsi. She was like, what can I get you? He's like, latte frappe chai tea frappino. And she's like, with a chai grande mocha twist? He's like, no, make it a frapp of chano makaloka chingawanga fangfango. She's like, oh, okay, with a chingalanga wang munga bunga bunga. Yeah, and how about a little extra chingwala, chugugugumunga, walla walla bing banga, flate grande, chiquino, al pacino, charlie chino, chunga wanga linga lingo. Oh, with cinnamon? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm telling you, people, I gotta go to DeVry. I gotta take a night school course to learn a second language. Yeah, I gotta learn Starbucks. Because I think people are talking about me. Unga clicka wooga, unga clicka waka, frate grande, latte, Harland Highway, grande mango, wanga wanga. What? What was that? Harland what? Harland Highway? Frappuccino, Harland Highwino? Oh. I think I'll pull into a drive through and pour a cup of the Java in my lap. Maybe that'll give me some clarity here on the Harland Highway. And here's another thing I don't drink, okay? And this is mystifying to me, but you ever see these people who drink the wheatgrass? Good Lord. What are you, a moose? Who the hell are you? Have you seen this stuff? They got it at the uh, health food stores, or you can get it as a drink. I think Oddwalla. <laughs> Oddwalla. This is my son, Oddwalla. He's not right. He's been hitting the head with a tractor a few times. Um, wheatgrass. 
Apparently, oh yeah, someone somewhere said it's got, you know, it's a miracle cure. It's like this crazy grass. I guess it's made out of wheat. I don't know. Wouldn't it just be wheat? Is it grass or is it wheat? Don't tell me wheat grass. That's like saying, hey, man, would you like a pizza burger? Well, is it a burger or a pizza? Well, it's round, so I guess it's a burger. Um, but uh, it's it, what they do is they get this this grass. It's this short little grass. It looks like grass. It's green, and it's, you know, three inches high. It looks like you should be golfing on it. And they have little uh, little squares of it, right? Almost like you could uh, take a tee and a golf ball and have your own portable little uh, tee-off piece of grass if you wanted to just drop a ball anywhere and, you know, take a swing with your golf club. But they, they get the grass and they throw it in a blender. They whip it up. And out comes a frothy liquid cup of grass. I mean, seriously, you know, don't you have enough grass on your front lawn? What do you? Why don't you? Uh, you know, take your your clippings after you cut the lawn and come on, kids, lunch is ready. What are we having? Ah, uh, the front lawn. I mean, good Lord, they whip it up, and it's all green and grainy, and and then you drink this crap? What are you, a cow? Yeah. Can I have some more wheat grass? I mean, seriously, it looks like sludge from the top of a swamp. It. I hate to say it, this is going to sound gross, but it looks like seagull poo or walrus diarrhea. Or moose caca in a glass. Have a drink of wheatgrass. Anybody got a gun? I'd like to shoot myself. I feel so good. Uh, I mean, come on, man. I mean, what's what's next? Here, have some oak tree leaves. <laughs> Oh, delicious. I feel like a beaver. What did he say? I mean, God. Got to be careful. People start whipping up uh, raw ingredients. Hey, uh, John, wasn't there a palm tree on our lawn yesterday? Well, I'll be damned. There's teeth marks all over the stump. I guess the neighbors ate it. Nothing like a little palm oil in the morning. I don't know if you've had it, man. I think I took a sip of it once. I have a few friends who swear by it. And I'm like, you know what? (laughs) You go go drink your wheatgrass. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be your proctologist. Let's put it that way. Ugh. I'll take take a can of Coke and, uh, you know, fries and a pizza before I drink, you know, someone's lawn. (laughs) Oh, God, talking about it has made me hungry now. You know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There are some shrubs in my backyard and a couple of cactus. I'm going to go grab something to eat. I'll be right back. I just sprayed some air freshener, man. 
Smells like a gladed wood in here. Did that ever fool anybody, huh? You've had a big meal, you go into the bathroom, you gotta do your business. After you're done, it's not too pleasant. The air molecules have been poisoned. It's human. Everybody's done it. Not me, but you have. It's just, you know, it's enough to knock a flock of Canadian geese out of the air. I mean, they could be flying along in a V formation and just turn into an X or an O or a Y. You, you just knock them off their axis. You've created such a stink. And what do you do? You don't want people to know that you are the source of the toxic cloud. So you reach for that can. And you can't spray enough of it, man. <laughs> it's barely working, man. It's like trying to patch up concrete with sand. And suddenly, you go from egg salad that's tainted to a beautiful pine forest. Your toilet has become Narnia. I mean, come on, who you tricking with the tangerine lemon and the... Now they got cinnamon spice and they got pine tree forest scent. You think a moose farts out in the woods and he pulls out a can that smells like a townhouse? It smells like a living room in here. I guess we gotta do something, right, to cover up the little stinky spots in life. Hey, what's that smell? You roll down your window, and in comes the cow manure. <laughs> oh, you can't win. Oh, you can't win. And here's uh, here's something um, interesting um, about freedom. Here's where freedom can be very dangerous. Okay, see if you agree with me on this. Oh God, even just talking about this makes me makes my arteries clog up. Okay, uh, when you go to the movies and you buy popcorn, you know you don't really have that much say in how much butter they put on it. You know that I'd say ninety percent of the time you just accept what they do. Squirt, 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 and you're gone. Right. Um, but then when you're at home, there's no limitations. How much butter do you put on your popcorn? And is it sickening? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, when you're at the theater, you don't really see the butter. It's all melted. It's in, it's in a, that squirty thing, right? And it's in liquid forms. So you don't really, you're not really able to comprehend how much butter is squirted onto your delicious popcorn. But at home, what you do is you take a brick. Yeah, that's right, a whole brick of butter out of the fridge. Take a whole brick of butter out of the fridge. And you cut a chunk off. And it sure looks like a lot, doesn't it? No matter how much you cut off. <laughs> but you cut a chunk off and you go, well, that's going to be melted in a minute. And, you know, once it's melted, it's not going to be a lot. So I better cut off a little more because, you know, that's going to get melted. So you cut off some more and then you go, well, I want the, the butter to be over everything. So you cut off some more. You know, sometimes you cut up like a whole half brick of butter. Ew. Got to be the most unhealthy thing ever. You might as well just ditch the popcorn and just 
drink the melted butter. Right? Or just get a big needle and inject the liquid butter into your artery. And then you ever do this? You, you know, you, you get halfway through your popcorn. Because when you, when you pour the butter on, right, it all goes over the top of the popcorn. So the, that top layer... That top layer of popcorn is always the best. You know, you touch it, and you can feel the moisture, you can feel the liquid butter on you. Like, oh, this is going in my mouth. <laughs> right? <laughs> but then you get through that layer and the popcorn underneath is dry, and then all the old all the butter that didn't get on the top kind of sifted through to the bottom of the bowl. But you're not at the bottom yet. You're still near the top. So what do you do? You go, I'm going to need more butter. You go cut off another big chunk, shove it in the microwave, melt it. Oh, it's dangerous. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe too much freedom can be a bad thing. Maybe being able to put our own butter on our popcorn is, is killing us. You know? Maybe there needs to be, uh, we should all have a, an in-house movie usher living in our homes. Good morning, Mr. Williams. Will you be seeing a movie this evening? Uh, yes, I will. Excellent. I'll get the butter. Just one-third tablespoon. Exactly. Salted or unsalted? Don't ask me my business, asshole. What? What? Uh, so, I don't know. I hope. I hope you're being good. I, I don't want to see you keel over in the middle of Blade Runner. I don't want to see you have cardiac arrest, you know, during, uh, you know, an Adam Sandler movie. Well, maybe during an Adam Sandler movie you should, but um, just watch it, man, and uh, enjoy the movies. Okay, this one is uh, this guy's... I don't know if the guy should be listening to this next segment. Uh, this this one's mostly for the ladies. And, guys, if, if you're listening in, you're kind of like, you're looking behind the curtain because this is private lady stuff that I need to talk to the ladies about today. And so, guys, plug your ears, okay? Turn the volume down. You can't hear this. Ladies, I'm here to talk to you about the new hairstyles. I'm not talking about the hairstyles, you know, up on top. I'm just reporting to you what the latest trends are. You know, I know you girls uh, do various uh, stylings down down there. Uh, you know, you got the landing strip, they call it. The little landing strip, the strip of bacon, and you got the Brazilian, and you got the, the little heart shape, and, uh, well... There's a bit of a retro thing coming back, and the new hairstyle down there, ladies, it's the mullet. Okay? That's that's the new style, the sexy style. It's the mullet. Right there, it's out. It's, it's coming back. I know it was big in the 70s and the early 80s, but... The whole Duran Duran down below thing is, you know... It's mullet time. So there you go. I, I hope the guys turn your radios back up. Ladies, good luck. Get hair plugs if you need to, but get that mullet started here on the Harland Highway. Okay, do you think they were buying that?
You think they bought the whole mullet thing? <laughs> how many girls? I wonder how many are going to go out and actually grow a mullet down there. What? We're still on? Oh, my God. Turn, go to a commercial. Go to a commercial, you idiot. Mom, hmm? I've got to ask you something real personal. Hmm? Do you douche? I sure do. But only with Massimville vinegar and water. Why Massimville vinegar and water? That's what my doctor recommends. For a naturally fresh feeling, only Massingill has two vinegar and water douches. Pure, extra mild, and extra cleansing when you need it. You'll see how clean and fresh Massingill makes you feel. Massingill, trusted by more women than any other brand. Okay, let's hang it up right there, shall we? Wow. Getting in on a women's private business right there at the end of the show. Look out, mama, look out. Uh... Let's uh, talk about a few things before we shut her down. Uh, I've got a lot of calls, a lot of uh, emails um, asking me what happened to the Harland Highway on Stitcher, Stitcher Radio, and uh, the answer is I don't know. Suddenly I was uh, not on Stitcher anymore, and uh, we're working on it. We are trying to find out what happened, whether it was a technical glitch or something so uh, we will uh, keep you updated on Stitcher. I know a lot of you uh, use Stitcher to catch the highway, and uh, we are we are working on it feverishly and hope to be back up on StitcherRadio.com soon so you can uh, hear the highway on your cell phone. Um, and let's get you up to date on my whereabouts this year, my uh, next stand-up performance, my next stand-up show will be at the West Palm Improv in Florida. That's going to be January 26th through the 29th. Uh, it's going to be a grand old time. Uh, get your tickets. Go to improv.com. Fish around for the West Palm Beach Improv link. And uh, please reserve as that club usually gets very packed out when Daddy comes to town. So I uh, look forward to seeing you there. And uh, what else can I tell you? Um, don't forget to go to the store. You know, with the economy the way it is and uh, people hurting a little bit, I uh, I went into the store and we uh, we kind of slashed a lot of the prices. We bought the, brought the price down on a lot of the merchandise, you know, just to help, uh, help you folks through uh, this economy. Not that the prices were outrageous, but you know what? It's like uh, everybody's hurting a little bit, and uh, I felt it was my moral obligation to, um, you know, try and help out too. So uh, if if you were ever uh, thinking of getting something from the store that would help make you laugh and you thought it was a little too pricey or out of reach, take a second look at the store at harlemwilliams.com and who knows? Maybe uh, there's something that's uh, more to your liking there. I think you'll be happy and pleased with the prices. Uh, and that's it, man. That is it. As you know, we're down to two days a week, thanks to my cranky boss, Mr. Featherstone. We're Mondays and Thursdays now. Maybe we'll get back up there. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. But uh, thank you for being here. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your family. And uh, until next time, everybody, chicken chow mein, baby.
You have a fascinating uh, background. You know what's amazing? A lot of a lot of guys um, in your profession. You know what? They got girls waiting at the gates, at the hotels, all of this stuff. You grew up in a very religious family. You worked on a farm. Uh, you did. You went uh, missionary trips to what, the Philippines mm -hmm. with your with your yeah. dad as a missionary. Yeah. Uh, you prayed up until the minute you chose Florida. You know where you where was the right place for you to be and where you should go. Um, and you did this all at a young age. How, do, how what is the difference between you and you see what's going on in, in football? Well, you've definitely done your research. Um, but I think for me, um, ever since I was a young boy, my dad used to always tell me, he said, you know, as a football player, you're going to be blessed with the platform. And when you have success on the football field, you know, people are going to look up to you. And, and they do with my success, you know, at Florida and being a first-round draft pick to the Denver Broncos. You know, I, I'm blessed with the platform. And I believe more than just a platform, it's a responsibility and obligation to be a great role model to set a great example because it's one thing to score touchdowns and win trophies and championships but at the end of the day that doesn't matter but if you can affect people if you can change people's lives if you can be a good role model someone that a, that a, a mom or a dad can look to their son and say hey that's that's how you need to handle it then that's my ultimate goal and that's ultimately how I would define my life as having success if I can reach that if I can be a good role model like I had when I was young and, and Danny Werfel and Tony Dunchy and some great role models that I had. No, Tony's a good friend of mine. I, uh, I, I agree um, with you, but Christians are saved. You told a really touching story about how you wanted, you wanted to become a Christian. Your dad's a minister was, was tough on you. <laughs> and you. You went to your mom and she prayed with you and you became a Christian. But I guess the question I have is, there's a lot of temptation in this world. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, especially if you were in the public eye and you are a rock star athlete like you are, you know, not everybody has your strength or your faith to guide you through that. Have you thought through how you're going to deal with all of that? Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of temptation. And, you know, the longer this goes on with football and everything and, and, and being in the spotlight, you're going to have more and more temptation. I think uh, the number one way that you handle that is, is obviously by having a strong faith and relying on that and staying in the Word, but also by having a great support staff around you, by having friends that keep you accountable, by having, um, uh, you know, just everyone in my family to having um, you know everyone that's involved um, my agents everything to getting all that support staff that believe in me and also going to keep me accountable make sure I'm doing the right thing how do your your fellow athletes respond to your outspoken faith Christianity this hey we are role models because some athletes reject the idea I'm not a role model well I think um, I think they respect me um, but it's not necessarily for that it's because you know they know how passionate I am about football they know how much work I put into it. They know that I'm the first one there and the last one to leave. And they know that I care about them. And so that outweighs everything else. And I think they respect me for that. And then they see my actions. And then, you know, I think, you know, once they see my actions and respect me for that, then they're more likely to listen to me and hear what I'm actually saying. Have you experienced that? Maybe guys watched you and, and wondered and, and all of a sudden they're in trouble. Probably you're one of the first guys they would turn to. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, that's the thing is so many people... Uh, think that it's about what you say and it really doesn't have much at all to do with what you say it has to do with with your actions and what you do every day
away. And then when, when they look at you after a long period of time and they see, okay, he's for real. And then they'll come to you and you'll talk. And I think that's the greatest witness so that you can say have. talk show hosts that are all big mouths and have, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, our words have no impact. Interesting, the controversy, and you discuss this in the book, about the, the Super Bowl ad that you did with Focus on the Family. And people were projecting in what they thought it was going to be, and it wasn't anything what they thought. And you did this, why, and, and what was the outcome of that? Well, I did it because you know, I have a very special relationship with my mom, and uh, when a lot of the doctors told her that it was that she needed to give up on me, uh, she believed yeah, they in They said me. she needed to abort you. She, they did, and and she believed in me and believed that God had planned for my life, even they were even when they were saying I might not even baby, I might just be a, be a tumor. And she believed, and she had the courage, and it was an opportunity to to publicly uh, thank her and then also do something to celebrate life and it wasn't being judgmental or putting anybody down but it was didn't they that tell her that, that you were going uh, she was going to die if well, she continued to carry you they said she had a high chance yeah and and what was interesting after you were born is apparently the doctor said it was a bit of a miracle because there was so little of the placenta was, that was, was nourishing you yes and so i was malnourished when i was born and so you know my parents asked everyone to pray and you know i, I caught up pretty quickly uh, it looks like it. And your brother of yours is resenting every minute of it right now. All right. So, what are your what are your future plans? What are you What are you going to be doing from here? Well, um, I have several goals. Um, you know, my dream since I was a, a little boy was to be a quarterback in the NFL, and that's something I'm pursuing. And I'm working extremely hard to do that. And then also, um, I've started the Tim Tebow Foundation. Um, and our goal is to bring faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. And and that's that is my ultimate goal. Because you're still helping with the family orphanage that you have in the Philippines. I definitely am. And we're supporting over 600 orphanages. We're uh, we're building a, a, um, a hospital in the Philippines. We got several Timmy's playrooms. We're we're really trying to make a difference because honestly, I want my legacy um, to be with the kids that I impacted, not in the football fields that I played on. Yeah, the more Super Bowl rings you win, I would argue more though. You're gonna have more impact. <laughs> yeah. Tim Tebow, you're a great American. Good to see you. God bless Thank you. God bless you.